Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. You know, the purpose of this podcast is to encourage and equip you to live a life on mission. And while there's many ways that I believe that you can do that, one that I feel is one of the most powerful ways, of course, is to be involved with foster care and or adoption, whether you do that personally or that you wrap yourselves around a family who does. And today's podcast episode is I have an opportunity to interview a new friend of mine, Jason Johnson. I have known of Jason for a few years now because, our one, our paths have taken a, a, a parallel track in that uh, over the last five or so years and that we have both been involved during that time uh, as foster parents and, and adoption through foster care. Uh, Jason is a writer and a speaker who encourages families and equips churches in their foster care and adoption journeys and so that they can find hope and support along the way. And so if you are a foster parent or adoptive parent, you know that we do need that encouragement and support as we go down this journey. Um, Jason and his wife have four girls, one they adopted through foster care. And Jason shares more about his family and their foster journey in the interview. So we'll get to hear more about that there. Jason is also the author of All-in-One Orphan Care and also a, a great resource that I'm looking forward to check out, checking out, and that's called The Beauty of Foster Care, The Beauty and Brokenness of Foster Care. Jason also blogs regularly at his site website, which is called jasonjohnsonblog.com, and you can link to that here in the show notes on my website. Um, so I'm looking forward to you joining me as we get to know a little bit more about Jason. And you'll hear, uh, I'll, I'll uh, touch on this again at the end of the podcast, but you will hear in there that Jason is going to be speaking at a conference here in the Austin area. So if you're anywhere close to Austin, I really encourage you to register now uh, for this conference. It's called a Future and a Hope Conference. And if you are a foster parent, an adoptive parent, or you are considering doing one or the other. Uh, in fact, if you're considering, this is a fantastic conference for you uh, because you will get uh, all the information that you need, I think, to really know how to get started in just a one-day conference. And Jason is the featured speaker at that conference. So go ahead and, and you can also access that uh, uh, conference link on my website as well. So will you join me as we uh, join this interview with Jason Johnson? Jason, I really do want to thank you and, and welcome you to uh, the podcast today. And if you want to just say hello to everyone, I want to give you a chance to do that. Well, hey, everyone. It's great to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity, Kenneth. Just uh, to let everyone know, you know, I've, I've never met Jason face-to-face, but um, I have followed his content and his blog, his uh, posts that he puts out on Facebook. He has some good uh published content that's out there that's very helpful for foster families and so that's how i've gotten to know jason a little bit is is uh through his material so i'm excited personally to get to know jason a little bit better today as well as everyone that's listening and so jason if you wouldn't mind could you just tell us a little bit about yourself your family and and some of your history as far as uh, foster care and adoption yeah um no problem so i'll i'll work backwards a little bit. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I have been married almost 15 years now, and we have four daughters uh, that are 11, 9, 7, and almost 5. 
our almost five-year-old came to us through foster care uh, in the city of Houston in 2012 and has never left, has since become our daughter. And so we've had the privilege of adopting her. And over the course of the last few years, we've had uh, several other girls uh, come and go through the home. Um, mm. We are an all, all female, all drama, all the time home, <laughs> with the exception of me. And so we, you know, we know girls. We have girl stuff, so we we foster girls, and um, uh, we pity the little boy that's brought to our home. <laughs> and he says, "Really, you brought me here?" Right. Uh, so um, we've had some come and go, and mm. have experienced the pain of of loving them mm. very, very deeply. And then having to, to let them go and um, walk through that journey. And in our current snapshot right now um, is one that we would not have ever guessed for ourselves. But it, it, it's one of those things that um, that God has led us into. We have a 17-year-old hmm. foster daughter living in our home and her five-month-old baby boy. Wow. Uh, so, um, uh, again... Um, Five years ago, if you had asked me to draw a picture of what I thought my family would look like in 2017, um, I don't think that it would come close to right. uh, what it actually is now, and that's the mercy of God for sure. So that's mm-hmm. our current reality with our four daughters and then our 17-year-old and the little baby. And so we have become, very quickly, uh, 30-something-year-old grandparents uh, <laughs> to this little boy. And it's fantastic because sure. we... Uh, we uh, love him and hold him and, and play with him and mm. then give him back to mom. Um, that's that's the name of the game with grandparenting. What led us into this very quickly was um, my background is pastoral ministry, church-based mm-hmm. ministry. And uh, I grew up in it with my dad. And uh, that's all I've done and known since college, actually. And that ultimately led us to a place in North Houston where we planted a church in 2008 from, okay. from scratch uh, yeah. with the help and the backing of a very, uh, just a, 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 an amazing church right there in your area in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of history with the leadership there and, and they helped to get us started there in North Houston. And that's really where our journey began. Um, God chose for some reason to bring around this new church uh, a lot of families who had a passion for foster care and adoption. Right. And, um, it was something that my wife and I had talked about um, for quite a while, even pre-marriage. You know, one day it'd be it'd be mm-hmm. really neat if we adopted, and and kind of our story was much like many others, and probably probably many listening now even um, uh, the one day story. Yeah, you know, maybe sure. one day when 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 uh, everything in life is great, then maybe one day. You know? Right. And. Uh, um, and so that was our story. And suddenly we found ourselves surrounded in our own church by families that mm-hmm. uh, were feeling the same. And many of them who were doing something about it, they were mm-hmm. moving beyond the one day and it was they were making it happen today. Right. And we found just the power in being in the midst of that community and what it did in our, in our own hearts. It really expedited and and um, put kindling around a, a small fire that was in our heart and mm-hmm. it helped it to grow faster and bigger and stronger just in the community of people around us. And, and so we became licensed foster parents in Houston mm-hmm. and in 2012, uh, now we've to, to backtrack is when we brought our very first placement and who has, and she has never left. She's since become our daughter. Right. Um, and so our church, uh, as the lead pastor of our church now fostering and adopting him, it, it was inevitable that this was going, 
it was a big part of our lives personally, and it was mm-hmm. a big part of our church, our, our church as well. And, and um, had the pleasure of being in a, in a position in our church where I, w- I was able to help a lot of churches outside of our church. Right. So very great team and a great, just great leadership that gave me a lot of freedom to do that. And, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that we were often answering as, a, as our church leadership from other churches was, how did you... How did you start this ministry? How did you make this happen? And um, we worked real hard to find helpful answers to those questions for other churches and found just a lot of joy in being able to serve and equip and work with other churches that wanted to engage in this space um, in an effective way. And uh, and that that led me uh, three, almost three years ago to actually resign from my lead pastor position uh, where I now have the privilege of working with an organization called Christian Alliance for Orphans. And I get to work with churches all around the country and mm-hmm. organizations all around the country, helping them to think through um, strategy, structure, um, resourcing, um, and really how to do this well within their their community of people. You bet. That's great. Yeah. That reminds me now, it just kind of all reconnected in my, in my mind, um, that you know Randy Dolman with there mm-hmm. in Houston and Orphan Care Network, and I think that's maybe it was through him that um, I was introduced to your to your work. So okay. it, all, it all comes back to me now. But it seems like so I much was, yeah water has gone under the bridge that I've forgotten that. But, that's right. And Randy was a part of our church plant, and yep. that's that's when we we formed the Orphan Care Network, and um, yeah, so just many pieces mm-hmm. of the puzzle together that's that's again if you had asked me five years ago draw a picture of what your family would look right. like write out a description of what you would be doing with your life um uh it's the mercy of god that uh you know i w- what i would have drawn and written is is not likely what it is no. now and i'm great, grateful for that so this is the journey that he's led us on yep no as as too many people will know that if he would have shown you or shown us or others you know what your life is going to be like today, five years ago, you would have been said, probably said, no, thank you. But, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, <so laughs> but you wouldn't trade it. I would imagine for anything today. And, and that's just, that is how his grace and mercy works. That's very cool. It's a beautiful story actually. And, um, and I know, uh, I'm just thinking about having all those girls in your home. I, I feel for you. <laughs> I have some friends like that, that have all girls and it's, it's, it's different. Um, you know, one of the things that you really do that I appreciate, uh, and the things that I've I've heard you, you know, on some other podcasts and also on your blogs and things, is that you you do a great job of encouraging families that are currently in the midst of it, and it's you know of fostering and or adopt you know if they're adoptive parents, and um, through the work that you've done with so many families, is there one or two things that you think are are just what a family needs to hear? I mean, is there something on your heart that you're like, Hey, this is what I feel like families that are in the midst of all this, they they need to hear this as a word of encouragement. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And I, I can answer that question from a, from a place quite honestly of really deep experience right now. We are in the trenches with these families. um, And this isn't just a concept for us or Mm -hmm. some good ideas. This is, this is real life every day for us, and right. I can I can share where my wife and I and our family has been, and, and offer that up as some encouragement to where 
maybe some other families are right there with us. Uh, really a couple things that we've been uh, filtering through lately. Um, number one is this, this idea of success. What, what is success in foster care mm -hmm. and, and, and in adoption? What is success in the lives of, of kids from hard places? And, um, you know, the world, the world says success is ultimately determined by the outcomes you produce, the ladders that you climb, the achievements and the awards that you can accumulate, those types of things. It's, it's all kind of outcome-based. Right. Uh, you know, the more I read scripture and, and, and really press our foster care and adoption experience into scripture and press scripture into our experience, um, I, I find that, that scripture seems to have a very different definition of success than the world does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what I what we're finding in Scripture, a place of great rest for us, especially lately, has been the fact that Scripture is not so much concerned with the outcome. I don't know that God is so much concerned with the outcomes that we can produce in the end, as much as He is concerned with our faithfulness along the journey. Uh, and really, success in Scripture seems to be faithfulness, mm -hmm. faithfulness, and. You read in Hebrews 11, even of of faithful saints in in our in our past story of, of of followers of God, and the first part of Hebrews 11 says that some of them achieved great success and, right. and monumental victories, and then the second half, which um, is we kind of cringe as we read it, mm -hmm. um, uh, says that some of them were 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 mm -hmm. killed and, mm -hmm. and sought into and and but they were faithful right. and. And as I interact with foster and adoptive parents around the country, I find that it's critically important for us to filter the filter our experiences that, that are incredibly unique. Um, that there's there's very few people in our churches that can really understand the experiences that we're walking through. Very few people know what it's like to stand in a courtroom in front of a judge, right. where bio families are in there. It, that's just a very unique place. And the emotions that come right. with that, most people can't relate to. And so it's 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 critically important for us to have mm -hmm. com community around us, but also to filter our experiences and emotions through the lens of, of biblical truth. And to be reminded that um, God is less concerned with any kind of outcomes that I can produce in the lives of these kids. Right. And he's more concerned with just my faithfulness to love them and to open my home and my heart to them and and that and then to trust him with the rest. And mm -hmm. that's a hard that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but and that kind of leads me into the second point. And uh, feel free to cut me off if I'm getting long winded. But no, this is great. This is good. Very, very much tied together for us has been um, just learning to control. We can only control what we can control, mm. and we can't control what we can't. And we have to be very discerning and prayerful about w the difference between those two things. What are the things that we can control, and then what are the things that we can't? And mm -hmm. and we those are the places that we really have to lay them before before God and say, this is this is literally only in your control. I mean, right. That, um, and and one of the the places that we have been, both personally and I also, as I interact with families around the country, is really redefining what it means, what 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 it means for us to to really um, invest in the lives of these kids, and and 
and the question that is not often asked, but I, I often see in the eyes and hear in the voices of, of families, parents around the country is, am I doing enough? Hmm. Do I really have what it takes? Do I have enough to do what these kids need? And, right. And so again, going back to scripture, I've, I've recently been struck by the story of the the widow's offering, uh, which nowhere in there does it say foster care or adoption, right. or Jesus doesn't say, okay, every mm-hmm. foster and adoptive parent stop and listen. But I think there's a powerful truth for us in it. And um, the story paraphrased is um, some they're in the temple and some wealthy people come and they they drop their offering into the into the plate, and um, Jesus essentially says. Uh, the wealthy have given out of their abundance, and he doesn't mm-hmm. condemn them for that. He doesn't. He doesn't negate the the legitimacy of their offering. He simply makes an observation. They've right. given out of their abundance, and then the widow comes and she gives her two small coins, and Jesus says something very subtle but very powerful there when he says, "Now she's given out of her her poverty, uh, and but she gave more." Mm-hmm. And he he uses the word more and. And in quantity, she did not give more. Right. She gave two. So they gave out of they gave a lot more in quantity. But I believe in quality, in terms of sacrifice and posture, Jesus looks at that and says, "That's more. It's more than you could ever possibly know. Um, it, it may not be in quantity, but she gave out of a posture of complete sacrifice." Uh, and she gave everything she had. And he says, he looks at that and says, that's more. And I, I think for us and for a lot of families, um, Jesus is not not so much looking for quantity as much as he's looking for just a sacrificial posture. Right. Um, and I think his words to us might be, you are doing more, you are doing far more than you can ever possibly imagine in the lives of these kids. You may right. not see it now, you may not ever see it in this lifetime, right. but what, you're, what you are doing is of more eternal significance than you could ever possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So be faithful in that and continue, even if it only feels like two small coins, continue to offer up those two small coins um, because I'm, I'm convinced God looks at that and he says, uh, that's mo- that is so much more than you could ever know and well done, good and, and faithful servant. Yeah, and what I hear you saying is is to learn how to rest in that, you know, learn that that that's a reality, it's a truth, and that's a great parable to to be drawn from for this. And so I think it's very good encouragement. You know, I'm receiving it as a you know foster and adoptive parent uh, because I know others, like many others that are listening, and, and as you said, you have ex- as ex- have experienced too that there's many times where I feel like, you know, am I really helping? And so I appreciate that a lot. Um, I know most that are listening already do foster or have adopted, but there are some that, that, that will plug into this, uh, and tune in that are considering foster care and or adoption. What, um, yeah, I know you have some, some things you want to share or you'd like to share because I've read some of your, your stuff about that, but and what you said a while ago was in your own life, you know, is this one, this, uh, one day kind of you know, scenario that one day we'll be ready for that. One day we will, will really strongly consider that. But what would you say to families who they have that mentality? Either it's a, Hey, this is a one day we're going to really put some thought into that or they're maybe they're right on the edge and 
maybe they're kind of on the fence and haven't made that decision yet. Uh, do you have something that you would share with them uh, that would help them make that decision? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a fantastic question because I know a lot of families are there and we spent a lot of time in that place, mm-hmm. the one day place. And, and it, it was kind of this thinking of, yeah, one day when our, our, our kids are the right age, life right. is slowed down enough and there's enough money in the bank, th- those kinds of metrics that we were waiting to achieve um, until we realized, I don't, there's, we're never going to achieve those. Right. <laughs> there's, there's always going to be a reason that our kids aren't the right age or life is not slowed down enough or you, know, you name it. Um, there's never going to be a perfect time to foster or adopt. There's just going to be a lot of opportunities to say yes, despite all the many reasons we might find to say no. Yep. Um, and, and at some point we have to get to this place where we say, I can give you 25 reasons why no. And, and, and don't hear me saying that you know, there are some very real concerns and some very real sure. relational issues or financial issues. Yes, that, that's true. That, that families need to be very discerning about mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of making sure they're in a healthy place. The last thing that you want to do is bring it is is bring a child from a hard place into an unhealthy place. Yes, um, I agree. That's uh, that's kind of what put them in this position in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to make sure we're in a healthy place, but. Um, we also want to be realistic in terms of the metrics that we're waiting to achieve and before we do this um, and, and understand that at some point we might just need to get to the place where we say, I can give you a dozen reasons why we should say no, but it's just time to say yes. Hmm. And we're going we're gonna to trust God with, with the rest of how it works. And, and uh, um, I, I, on, the, on the same note, and this is a little more pointed, um, I might, I might say, uh, you know, these kids in crisis don't really have the luxury on to to wait for us to be to be most convenient for us. Right. Um, they don't necessarily have that luxury, and I don't know that we necessarily have that luxury either. Right. Um, I think there's something to be said for when when Jesus. Um, says things like take up your cross and follow me and mm-hmm. lay your life down. I, I don't know that he's suggesting when your kids are the right age and, mm-hmm. and life is slowed down enough, then take up your cross. And also, I have yet to meet a family that has arrived at this place of equilibrium and stability <laughs> and everything, you know, this place of nirvana where they say, we have arrived. It's <laughs> Everything in life is easy. I right. have an idea. Let's completely destroy it now <laughs> by becoming, right. by fostering. Right. Uh, you know, normally it's, they get to that point and say, okay, let's do whatever we have to do to make sure nothing destroys what right. we just built. You know? So I just can't imagine if you ever even get to that point, you choosing to, mm-hmm. to root, to dismantle it by, right. by so, um, all of those factors combined, um, mm. you know, the, the biblical ones and just kind of some of the realistic, real life, practical ones led us to a point, mm. really led my wife, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, before me to a point where um, uh, of realizing um, it's just time to do it. And, right. and, and, and my encouragement with, with some people might be this. If you're I have found with families, if 
that if you keep talking about it and praying about it and reading blogs about it and reading books about it, going to conferences about it and praying about it some more and praying about it some more and praying, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a it's a huge glaring neon sign to me that you're probably somebody that just needs to do it that right. God is calling for it and that you're likely someone that would be fantastic at it. Right. And and all of the people that are closest to you, around you, your friends, your family, mm -hmm. that constantly hear you talk about it and pray about it and all these things, they're probably sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, why don't they just do it? You know, quit talking about it right. and just do it. You know? yep. and, 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 and I don't presume to speak for God, but I have found at least in my own life, sometimes I'm, I'm asking God for clarity on things. Sure. And, and, and I, I get the sense that God is saying, Jason, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I've mm -hmm. made it clear to I've I've made it clear to you. Um, I've clarified this in in my word to you and in in your heart. Um, and I think that maybe there's a lot of people praying to God about about clarity on this issue, right. where he's he's already been clear to them. Yep. Uh, so uh, all, all those things combined, um, I, I find is kind of this mixed bag of experiences and emotions and thought processes that a lot of people are going through. Well, I like what you said, the way you said it is, a, you know, it's a good summary of what all the things you just, you know, put there, but we can think of a dozen reasons. We can think of 25 reasons to say no, but find that one reason to say yes. Yep. And, and I know you, you, uh, align with this as well, that not, not everyone should foster or adopt, but I don't know why everyone shouldn't have a part in, you know, mentoring or coming alongside another family who is fostering or adopting. There's a, there's a role for everyone who calls themselves a believer and follower of Christ to, to be a part of, you know, meeting the needs of those that don't have a family and that are vulnerable children. So, um, if someone's listening, uh, you know, and you're saying, well, I can't, think of that one reason to say yes to foster or adopt. I don't want you to feel like as a listener that you're off the hook. You know, you, <laughs> you do have a responsibility. We have a responsibility for these kids that are, uh, and as you said, um, in a general sense, God's very clear on that, um, that we all have this, some sort of responsibility there, but I appreciate that. And, um, I'm hoping through this, you know, this brief podcast is is a way for those who are listening, if they've never heard of Jason Johnson, that that this is piquing your interest to know more about what you write about and and the, what you share and how you teach and stuff. So I wanted to give you an opportunity, and again, I will have links and, and information on my website in the show notes. But uh, what what kind of material do you have out there? I know you've published, you know, some things. You also have your own blog. Would you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the blog at jasonjohnsonblog.com, and you'll find the, the link there, I'm sure. Uh, that began when I was still pastoring our church and was just a way for me to process mm -hmm. some of our experiences and emotions and and has become really a significant place of ministry for me and, and just great connections with, with uh, church leaders, organizational leaders, families all around the country. And, right. Uh, so, do a lot of writing there in a variety of different ways, um, and some of which we've talked about already. To encouraging those considering it, um, um, really walking alongside those that are in it, and really helping to reframe some of our thinking mm -hmm. uh, through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of scripture, um, some practical experiences in light of you know of of 
of some bigger ideas and ways that we can think differently about certain things, and also to some organizational and church leaders, uh, writing to them in terms of, of what this could look like in your church, um, which then would lead to, um, there's a number of different ebooks and resources there on the website that you can flip through that are really church ministry related. Um, and so my passion is, is of course, foster care and adoption, but, um, but really primarily my passion is to see the church resourced and equipped and mobilized to address, uh, to address the needs of families and children effectively and sustainably. And, and so you'll find some resources online there that are for church leadership teams, whether it's pastoral teams or lay leadership teams of ministry. Right. To help them think strategically through next steps, um, principles they can apply, pitfalls to potentially avoid, mm-hmm. um, and and things of that nature. So you'll find some ebooks and some coaching materials there, um, as well. Uh, there you'll also find a couple of small group curriculums uh, that I had the pleasure of writing with an organization that I I, w- I was with prior to the one I'm with now. And right. It's a resource that the church leaders can really plug and play into their small group or, or classroom ministry in their church. Mm-hmm. It's a discipleship resource. It, it helps move families along through through the lens of Scripture and, and help them discover, you know, what's God calling us to here and what does that look like? And, and then finally, there's a resource on there uh, called uh, The Beauty and Brokenness of Foster Care, and it's written for active foster parents. And... Really, what that is is it's a it's uh, helping to fill a void that I found in my own life personally, which was we would sometimes attend foster parent support groups, um, and we're at a loss really for a, a good, healthy, guided conversation. Right. What do we do in these groups? And I found mm-hmm. for me, and I don't mean to overgeneralize, but I've sat in some of these that left. Un, um, unguided, the conversation tilted in one of two ways. It became a gripe session mm-hmm. uh, for all the things that are going wrong and how hard it is and our caseworker and this and this and this. Or it became kind of a, a therapy session maybe for the most mm-hmm. uh, emotionally worn out uh, couple in the room, it, which is which is fine to a certain extent. But uh, most of us were ill-equipped to really address, sure. address them. And we're yeah. all going, yeah, me too. I'm wearing the same boat. And we just yep. kind of drug each other down, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what? There needs to be a resource that, that um, can help guide these conversations and walk families through these real-life experiences and emotions that they're processing through, but point them back to the hope of the gospel and, and the work of God in in those experiences and so that's what that is it's about 10 or 12 um, common experiences mm. that that foster families face um, that they can get in a room together and they can say hey we're, we're not alone in this we yeah. all understand what this feels like let's be encouraged and what scripture has to say about this and, and how we can really um, uh, support each other through this and so that's what that is yeah, that's great. That's such a needed tool and resource. I appreciate you putting that together. Um, and I know you also do speaking. I know you do that with the organization you're working with now, um, the Christian Alliance um, for Orphans. That's what CAFO. I always call it CAFO. So I, or yep, CAFO is fine. Or if you're in the north, it's CAFO. CAFO, yeah. That's yep. probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do speak around the country, and 
and I'm going to do a little plug for those that are in the Austin area. Uh, Jason's going to be speaking at a conference, which is called a future and a hope conference in Austin. And you can go to uh, either foster really just go to fosteringhope.org and you can see a link there to register or get more information about that conference. But so Jason, I'm looking forward to hearing you speak in person and, and having you here in the Austin area. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, and so the, you've gotten a taste of, you know, what, who Jason is and, and um, what's on his heart and, and his, what his passion is for um, children from a hard place, but also for families who um, invite them into their home. And so I, again, thank you, Jason, for everything that you're doing. Uh, my pleasure, and I'm I'm so grateful to stand alongside guys like you uh, along this journey. So thank you for uh, having me on. You bet. Thank you again. I do appreciate Jason uh, taking the time to do this interview. And again, if you are a foster parent or adoptive parent or you're considering it, but especially if you are already on that journey, uh, hopefully if you have not heard or if you have heard of Jason uh, but you haven't looked into uh, the material that he puts out, I really encourage you to do that. I know that I am, but uh, just someone that uh, speaks clearly to the things that we need to hear, that uh, has developed uh, content, material, books, resources, and so on, that can help us on that journey and, and provide support are all very good. Um, I appreciate the way Jason does speak in a way that can reframe the way that we think uh, about foster care and adoption. So I encourage you to do that. Also, one more time, if you are in the Austin area or anywhere close enough to make the conference that is being held, it's January 25th is the date um, in North Austin. And again, the name of the conference is A Future and a Hope. And you can either Google that or you can go to my website if you're not there already. Um, in fact, you can just go straight to this page, and, and that is uh, type in kennethacamp.com slash episode 13, and it'll take you right to the page where this podcast is along with the show notes and information and how to uh, contact Jason or get to his website and also uh, a link to the conference website. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. Uh, today as we've listened to Jason. And again, uh, thank you for joining me here at His Hands, His Feet.